Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Here we are at our five-star hotel, the one from Lost in Translation. In Japan! The views are amazing, and there's champagne waiting, because that's how we wrote it. Yummy! And now the label has to pay for the video, and pay for everything that we say. No matter what! For example, I'll be getting a massage right now, and I'll be drinking some sake. So expensive! Who cares? Here we are at the most expensive sushi restaurant in Japan. Mm. And now we're at Tokyo Disneyland. And now we're in Hawaii for one random shot that our label has to pay for. Yes, we're three cool white friends in Japan. In Asia. The fact that we're white isn't why we're friends, but we are white and we're friends. All right. Episode 78, we think. Yeah, konnichiwa. A little uh, hiatus. We took a little hiatus. No one got mad at anybody. No, I just I, I realized it was a little over the top when I would get mad about us not doing it. So, <laughs> but you, uh, why did we have to take a week off? Because I took a week in another part of the world. I was in Japan, and then you came back and had to take a week in uh, Los Angeles. Holy smokes! <laughs> I still so it's been like five days, and I still can't sleep right. It's like really bad. Like that time Did you difference. Sleep there. Yeah, yeah, I slept there. I mean, it was. I had no problem getting into it there, but like, because you're like, I forgot. I think you're like 14 hours ahead or something. So like, I left Sunday at three o'clock Japan time and arrived at Sunday 9 a.m. our time on a 14 or on a 12 hour flight or whatever. All 11 right. hour flight. Yeah, and so it's been a lot of trouble. Uh, to get back to normal. So I guess this is our first subject, right? Or should we get into some notes before we talk about? Uh, sure, we can get into some notes. Or you want to? We're right. on. We're already here. We're already here. Okay. So. So uh, we were just talking about some weird sex stuff. Right. That happens in Tokyo. Well, so I read about like yeah, like they have there is there's a lot of kinky stuff around. Um, it's not like going into like the red light district in Amsterdam, but. Like they have these love hotels where they have like themes. Yeah. Where you walk in and you like have like a screen that has all the rooms that are empty and you can see the theme of it and you can like pick which room you want. Right, but you have to have someone to go to that room with. Well, yeah, there's, but you could also get it from them. Oh, can you? I don't even know. I didn't. I, think so. I didn't go to. There's also like so. Could be wrong. On that. You asked me to start telling this. You don't ask me to stop telling the story off the air. I'll start telling it on the air, and you're gonna wish that I didn't. Um, no, I want to hear. What I was saying is prostitution in Japan, from what I understand, is it's illegal if you're going to have intercourse. But if you're going to just mess around with someone, uh, which includes anything up to that point, um, you can pay for it and it's legal. But um, they don't have, like, their age limit is really young. So, like, I think it starts at 13. And that's why they're really, really bad in the human trafficking world. Yeah, told you. Should have just let me finish the story off the air so so I wouldn't have brought it up. Age limit for consensual sex? No, no, not consensual sex, but for for, because it's not. It's not considered like. So it's not considered that act. So you can start working in that field at 13. It's really messed up. I mean, it's not. Look, I didn't see anything like that. It's not like that was part of anywhere near my trip. 
Um, but I did read about it, like, when I was learning about things, like, ahead of time. It was weird because so I wasn't... if you're a guy and you have sex with a 13-year-old... It's not sex. Or if you mess around with a 13-year-old, you won't get in trouble. I Look, I don't know the <laughs> strictness with which the rules are held. I wouldn't do anything in that country that would get you in any kind of trouble because it's a strict place, you know? They have, like, a lot of rules. That's the one thing about Japan, about everything, is a rule. It's the nicest people. Like, especially... So, the first we spent the first leg in Osaka, which I loved. Which I liked, I liked more than any other place. Probably because it was the first place we went to. And I just... You know, we were there the longest. Yeah. We were working there. So, we had to interact. Like, we had to hire locals. And, and the people were just so nice. And it's like a merchant town. It's the second biggest city in... Japan, but only has so eight. Got, but only has eight percent of the population. That's how big Tokyo is. Oh, geez. So you got to go to like all the markets. This, like, yeah. Weird markets. So it's funny because like now I can I like got really used to pronouncing things there the way they do in Japan. So like there's this big market area. The big place you go in, in Osaka is called Dantonbury, but you go Dantonbury. Like you get in the cab, you go oh Dantonbury. And you think you're being, like, that sounds pretty racist when I say it out now, but that's, that's how, you know, you know, like, credit cargo, you know, like, if you just try a little bit, you kind of get there. I had an app that takes pictures of words and translates them for you. So, like, I would use that when we'd go out to eat. Although, we really just would point, like, this and this. Everything had pictures on them? Yeah, most of the stuff is pictures. Like that's why that's the only time you ever needed it is if you didn't have any pictures. But like I was telling you earlier, we just went to meet places like everywhere. Like we had all different. I mean, I, I can't remember the names of all the different kinds of cuisines, but they all just involve lots of meat. Like there's meats on sticks, fried meats, shabu shabu, which is like where you dip thin meat into hot boiling like spice liquid, which is the best. And so we just went to a different place like that every night. And we drink a lot. The drinking, that you know, they have like Sapporo, uh, Asahi, Lava Asahi. Um, What's the other beer? Anyway, and then they, it, it like it would fill you up so much that it'd be like, oh, I just want like a regular drink. And the regular drink that most people drink there's the Highball, which is like a whiskey, um, whiskey soda, I guess. It's kind of yeah, it's like seltzer water and whiskey. A lot more seltzer than, you know I mean? It doesn't, there's almost no alcohol in those things. We just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then you go into these bars and they're like, some of them only fit four people, you know? Like, they're very small. Karaoke? I didn't do any karaoke. I think we went to one place. We just ducked into one place. We didn't stay for karaoke. Um, and then, I mean, I, I'm, without boring people too much, I'm trying to think of, what interesting I mean I, I'm telling you about prostitution laws but I'm not <laughs> telling you about my actual trip um, we went to Kyoto the next day where we went to our like our last day there which um, used to be the capital of Japan before Tokyo was and it's got all different areas in it it's where the geishas were born so you go to the geisha area that's where memoirs of geisha all takes place and they still have a group of people who get who do it and you have to be there at a certain time to try to catch them. We didn't try to catch them. Um, people walk around, though, 
and they they you can rent geisha like outfits, and people walk around and they've got like these click clack um, yeah, like shoes. wood shoes yeah. and yeah. So we went to like the bamboo forest there, and um, there's a gold palace it's made of solid gold that we went to, and then we went over to Tokyo. And Tokyo's a little nuts. You know, Tokyo's just... The thing is, with Tokyo, is it's west it's westernized enough that you can kind of get around and not... Yeah. You know, it's not as authentic as it's going... It's freaking huge, right? Yeah, it's gigantic. And it's, like, yeah. spread out. Like, I went to, like, six it's different areas. It's, like, one areas. of the most popular, if not the most popular yeah. city in the world. Um, I forget, we were doing, I, you know, it's funny, like, we talked about this the entire time we were there, and I still don't remember the answer, but, yeah, it is a, it is a gigantic place, and like I said, if Osaka is the second biggest city there with 8% of the population, um, Tokyo is, I, I don't remember, it's like 80%, I think, or something, of population. 13 million people. It's gigantic, though. Um. But it was cool, and then you, do, you know, I went to like five or six different areas within Tokyo on your, um, on oh, your yeah. your recommendation. The world famous uh, robot show. Yeah, the yeah. Robot so cafe. We, we stayed in Shibuya, which is right where the Shibuya crossing is. You know where the everybody. So I hung out there and took pictures, and um, those are very exciting. There are people walking. I'm sure seeing it live was a lot better than. Like, I saw a couple, like, travel shows yeah. that had this thing, and, like, uh, a couple people that went there, I was like, you gotta go, and they, like, went, and they were like, that's the best. The Shibuya uh, Crossing? No, the, uh, the robot show. Oh, the robot show. Yeah, yeah, the robot show is, here's the only thing with the robot show is it's, like, it's totally, like, an American trap. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, it, and, and I was telling you earlier, like, I, I don't know, I try to fit in with, like... Look, I don't fit in anywhere there. But, like, I try to just adhere, if I'm traveling somewhere, to, like, the local rules. Like, hey, I just want to I want to respect your, um, you know, your values. I don't want to come in and just be like, do I'm the American. But, like, that's the place where you find people like that. Like, dumbass Americans who just get wasted and say stupid American things. I know everyone listening to this is American and they may be offended, but just don't be a jackass when you go overseas. That's the Shibuya. That's right? Shibuya Crossing. So yeah, we could so put that as a picture. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's but it's just a crosswalk. It's like uh, Times Square. Right. It is. It's like Times Square, kind of. Um, it's not like you you know you, the coolest pictures of that are or the coolest filming of that is usually up above there's there's no place to really get that picture. I think the Starbucks there might have a second or third floor, but I didn't I, I didn't go. Um yeah, they on American Amazing Race, they basically do shit in that uh like there every time they go there. Oh yeah. Um yeah, so I went to the I did go to the hotel from Lost in Translation. I went. So you didn't stay there. Though. I didn't stay there. I thought that's where we were staying. That's where my friend who booked my <laughs> partner, boss guy, thought that's where we were staying. And it's not. Um, but I went to it. It was like, almost like, I think it was like a $20 cover to get in, to go to that that bar, which is smart because they know. Yeah. And it's all, it's full. And they have like, you know, people playing music, same place, you know, 
you can see all the places from the movie. It's like, oh, that's cool. And I sat there. So that was the Saturday. I spent was Saturday. There, was there mostly Americans in there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think so, yeah. Um, and I sat. So that was Saturday the night before I left. And I, w- I spent the day by myself kind of just going to different parts of Japan or of Tokyo because I was like the only one there that hadn't been to Tokyo before. So I just took the subway to different neighborhoods, like like where their fashion district is, and I went up to go see this uh, temple that was awesome. And then I went to that robot show, and then I went to um, I went to this hotel, and it was cool. I went up; it's like on the fifty second floor. I get in, and you know, there's like the cover or whatever. It's really expensive drinks, but they have the music playing. And I sat there by myself and had a was have just to have a drink, and then this guy who I was sitting next to started talking to me, and he was there from Germany. He was like this soldier. He's a kid. He was like twenty two, and he just came to Tokyo by himself. And I went up talking to him for like an hour. We just had like the best conversation ever. He didn't, he went there strictly because he loved that movie too, <laughs> and it was just cool because he was asking me lots of questions about our country and you know what our politics and all that stuff and what it's like and it's it's interesting because his you know you, you hear about you know you worry so much about what's happening in this country with this with this whole right versus left thing that's happening this nationalism versus uh, globalism thing and this is like a lot of what we talked about he was a really bright guy so we had to like Really great, you know. We got into some shit. And Are you guys gonna be pen pals now? No, I got his number, but it was like a burner because he didn't bring it. He was only using like Japan phones. And I was gonna call him to hang out with us that night. We just wound up going to a different neighborhood than that. I had a group of people I was there that you know there with for work. And um, anyway, um, he was he was telling me that the night before he met another American. Maybe he'll hear this podcast and uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, um, I gotta remember his name is Glep, G L E P Glep. So if Glep, if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> you've got my number. Um, but uh, he was telling me that he met like an American person the night before that was uh, like a Trump supporter and Bre- or I don't know if they were American or if they were British, but they were a Brexit and Trump supporter. And he was like, "This is so interesting because look." I don't think I won't, he's like you guys have very different uh, moral, you know, like or ideas about stuff. And I was like, well, that's why it's good to talk to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, like I can't. Ex- he's like the thing is that guy can't explain why he likes things. He just thinks that that's how it should be. And you know, he's like people like us. We think, oh, you're trying to be a little more critical with your thinking about, you know, some showing compassion for all kinds of people. Not trying to get into like that whole thing, but it was very, very interesting. Um, and it's funny because that guy is from Germany. I'm from the U.S. We're in Japan, and we're all kind of talking about being on the same value system. So other things interesting about Japan: uh, you're not allowed to like do like anything. Like like if you take a if you are eating somewhere and like don't help them with stacking your dishes or if they're 
driving you in a cab, you can't even open your door and close it. Like, they have all automatic door openers. And, like, you don't try to put your luggage or you're insulting the person. Because everybody there... Did um, someone tell you that before? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I kept doing it. I kept starting to do it. And Anthony, my my, my uh, partner, kept going like, no, 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 don't, don't. Just let them do it. Just let them do it. He's like, that's... Because it doesn't matter if your job is a, a lawyer, um, a banker, a janitor, or, a, or you work in a restaurant. Everybody takes so much pride in what they do there. And they all work really fun, really hard and really long days. That's why they have like all these bars and like you know where these guys just get sauced because they work all day, like they work their asses off and they like earn it. Um, all the women there are very attractive. It's unbelievable. Like I, you know, I didn't expect that. <laughs> but part of it is because I think once you get married, you leave being out in like the city on your own. And as a woman, I think you just become a home person. I think that's part of the culture. So you're basically just seeing young, attractive people all the time, and that's why. But there's a lot more women than, than men everywhere. Um, so that, and they're all really, like, there's a high fashion sense going on in a lot of these places, which is cool. And I heard also, which I could be wrong on this, but that a lot of Japanese women don't find Japanese men attractive. Well, I didn't. I didn't really have that conversation with anybody. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't notice whether or not, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I think that partly that, that sounds like something more of a Tokyo kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that, that world is as open in Osaka, you know. Yeah. Like, or, or other parts, or Kyoto. I would have that conversation. With who? I don't know. Excuse me, uh, miss, do you think that Japanese people aren't as attractive as me? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, not a lot of people of uh, any other race there, though. If you're not, like, Asian, then you may be white. And then other than that, you're not really seeing. I mean, once you get to Tokyo, it's a lot more diversified. Not a lot, but it's more diversified. But it is interesting. Um, one of my favorite things of a, of a dumb American it was one night we were like in the lobby having like a meeting and this guy walks up to the he walks up to the major D uh, to, and he goes he's just this, this white dude and he's like hey uh, I wanted to do he's talking to the guy and, and when you pay for something they give you a little tray and you put your card or your cash in the tray and then they take it back um, and he said something to the extent of like why don't Japanese people do that and we were just like, ooh. And the, the guy was like, I don't know, sir. I'm not Japanese. That was great. It was just such a great answer because he was Asian. Yeah. You know? And it just kind of showed this guy, like, how ignorantly stupid it was to just be, like, that that way. So I enjoyed that part. Um, but, yeah, so I guess that's a good summation of, of the trip. Cool. You know, like four or five days in Osaka doing uh, doing our shoot, like running around. Um, what movies did you watch on the plane? Oh, yeah. You watched a bunch. I watched... So the first one I watched was Chappaquiddick. Which I haven't seen yet. Okay, I don't think you've really seen most of what I saw. I saw Chappaquiddick. And then I well, saw... How was that? It was good. It was fine. You know, 
Um, it's tough. It's tough to see everybody doing the Boston accent again on something. The guy, what's his name? Jason Clark. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's, he's such a good actor. Ed Helms plays like his morally, um, his morally uh, crossed cousin. You know, and so he's doing a Boston accent, and it's Ed Helms, and he's like, "Well, I don't know if this is a good idea." Yeah, I don't know, like, you know, and yeah. it's it's like a little over the top with, "Hey, he's the good guy. We get it." Yeah. You know, I just watched Stronger, not too long ago. It's stronger, it's, uh, David Gordon Green's movie about the uh, Boston bombing. Oh, okay. And it was like all guys yeah. doing Boston accents, and that was uh, it was tough. Yeah, it gets it just. Everyone likes doing it a little too much, so it's annoying. Yeah. I mean, um, I think they he went with like most people that were from there. So, but it still sounds like it's fake somehow. Yeah, I got you. Um, I also saw definitely an uplifting movie though. Stronger. Yeah. Okay. No, that was yeah, it was pretty sad movie. Oh, it's not uplifting. All right, well, whatever. You can't say anyway. I was being sarcastic. Oh. Um, I also saw this movie that this guy recommended to me. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was something Pete. Um, it's about a horse. It was, it was with Steve Buscemi. And it was basically... You want to talk about not uplifting. It was about this kid who bonds with a horse... And then, like... This sounds like something I would never watch. Yeah, I, w- I didn't know what it was about. And this guy was like, you got to see this movie. It's so good. And he's a guy I, like, kind of trust. You know, he sees a bunch of independent stuff. It was called um, Lean on Pete. And it's, like, it's all your favorites. Steve Buscemi and Chloe S- Sevigny. Yeah. You love her. Um, it was... It was. It wasn't that it was bad. It was. I just, love Steve Buscemi. I know. It was torture to watch. That guy in tonight's movie. Like, why didn't they just put Steve Buscemi in there? Because he was doing a. Oh Steve yeah. Buscemi, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, it was just torture to watch. It was like everybody dies. The horse dies. Like everyone. It's just dumb. Why? You're on a plane. You watch something fun and mindless. Did you watch anything? I, I didn't know that that's what was going to happen in this. You I didn't know turned it off. I thought, hey, you know what? This is a guy in a you horse. You turned it off. You didn't yeah. have to watch the whole thing. I watched. I watched um, the death of Stalin. I love that movie. Yeah, it was good. I think I just shouldn't have seen it on a plane, though. Like, I think some stuff got lost, but yeah, it was really good. I thought that was really funny. Um, that it, scene where they uh, he wants to go talk to the guy during the uh, the ceremony, and he like does the whole walk back. Yeah, that was really funny. But um, and then I, I, I love that movie. It's good. Then I saw Three Identical Strangers. Been waiting to see that. It's good. Yeah, you'll like that a lot. It's really good. It's like, yeah, it's good. Uh, It was probably my favorite of all of them. Um, And then on the way home, I started the Vietnam, the Ken Burns Vietnam series on Netflix. Really? So interesting. I watched the first episode. It's long. It is. It's very long. It's going to take some time. It's not going to be, you're right. (laughs) It's not going to be easy, but it's really good. I mean, you learn a lot of shit there. So. Um, Seems like you had a lot more time to kill. Well, this is all... These are flights. I mean, it took me like 15 hours to get there. Yeah, that's 11 like five to get movies. Back, and I'm trying to sleep. I, all those movies I think I saw on the way there. On the way home, I, I, I did mostly like Netflix stuff. I was just like, I don't... 
I don't want to see any more of these movies. <laughs> I just kept trying to go to sleep because I knew this was going to be... Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Three Identical. So, so, yes, that's my basic trip to Japan. And we did go out like every night and drink a lot and have a lot of fun. We went to this one bar. The other thing is you have to be quiet in public everywhere, which is not an easy feat for me. Oh, I know a good story. So one night, we're, we go to this place to eat a bunch of meats. and uh, Sounds delicious. We we Because every, every place is small. Our group had like, I think we had eight people in our group. So they could seat six together. And then my friend and I had to sit together alone at the bar. And we were sitting at the bar. And he's... Filipino, so he's like, you know, not like anyone's going to stake him for Japanese, but he can kind of ease, you know, he's not sticking out a sore thumb the way that I am, and as soon as we sat down, the people next to us just handed us the menu in English, and he's like, is it that obvious? And they're like, yes. So, we ordered all this meat, <laughs> we're sitting down, and these two girls come and they sit next to us, and they are like, stunning. Japanese. Ja- yeah, Japanese girls, just absolutely like... Like two, two of the most attractive people we saw the entire time. They're just taking pics, selfies of themselves, and they're dressed really well. Dude, they must have had about six courses of just meats, and we're just like, holy shit! And Anthony's like, we're not leaving until those girls finish eating meat because I got to see how this is all going to go down. Well, yeah, I mean, I know in Korea, Koreans like eat so much food and they drink all. Like basically, when you go out. All going out is is going to a place where you eat and you drink all night. Yeah. And then you get up and you go to another place. You're basically eating all night and drinking. So I don't know what the culture is like in Tokyo. No, that's, but it seems it's pretty it's pretty similar. Like everybody's just drinking and eating the whole yeah. night. That might be a big whole Asia thing. Um, the last night we were in Osaka, we went to a place that we'd heard about that they have a couple of them where you go order ramen. We went like right before like. Before we went to bed, we just were like, oh, let's just go eat ramen. And you sit down, and it's a private booth, and there's like a sh- like um, uh, drapes in front of you, and you just order, and you slip it underneath the drapes, and then like the door behind the drapes opens, out comes your food, and it closes, <laughs> and you're just sitting in your own little private booth eating ramen, not being bothered by anyone. And that was next door to a restaurant that I had all, like, I guess is also, I think, a thing there, where they have like... You, they have like a big pond in the restaurant, and you have to fish and catch your own food, and like you okay. don't eat until you catch what you you catch what you eat. So interesting, just crazy. I, I can't I can't wait to go back. You know, I mean, obviously you gotta try some other places, but I know you're planning an Asian trip. I would highly recommend Japan. The other thing that's cool about it is, you know, Japan is just now opening to like to the West, and it's like. In the last hundred years, like for the longest time, they didn't want any outsiders there because they have all of these traditions and they didn't want any Western influence on it. So it's still very much the culture. I mean, Tokyo, not as much, but the rest of it's still very much the culture from, you know, it hasn't grown with the speed. Well, if you go outside of Tokyo, if you go outside the big cities, it's like some of that stuff has been there for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they're still practicing stuff that was like hundreds and hundreds years old. You know, I, I'm sure when I listen back, and I, I never listen back to our podcast, but I'm sure when I think back on this conversation, there's gonna be like 50 details that I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't believe I didn't talk about that or this. It's just been a week 
for talking about it. I feel like I know enough about what I did, but it'll it'll hit me at some point. Um, yeah. So, talking about, I guess we'll just get into some well, notes. Some, yeah, I have some notes. What, do you, what, what notes do you have? Well, are we going to talk about Hard Knocks as a, as a subject? Yeah. All well, right, so I'll hold off on that. It could just be a bunch of notes. Um, my, you're not watching Secession, right? No. Do you realize, do you have enough people in your life who are telling you you're nuts for not having watched it? I had a person say that it's awesome. It is the best show. It is the best show of the summer. Okay. 100%. I don't know. I found a really good show. Okay. That I'm going to talk about. Well, I'm going to tell you, Secession is fucking great. So, like, whatever your show is, I'll give it a try if you give Secession a try. Like, don't just, don't watch the first episode because it doesn't really hit. How can I not no, watch I said, the don't first Don't just watch the first episode. <laughs> Don't watch the yeah. first episode. No, you got it. Starts to hit its stride. I think episode four, and not like oh sweet, sounds like sharp objects. Listen, it's no. I don't think sharp objects is hitting its stride. No, it's not. It's just I, it. I don't. You could have condensed that whole thing into three episodes. It's just uncom- It's an uncomfortable hour. Yeah, it really is. It's and like, there's been two episodes where nothing's happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but anyway, I don't know then, who's who. I don't know what's real, what's not. And I get that that's probably part of the charm of Sharp Objects. I'm not in on that charm. She's got a lot of marks on her back, and I want to know how she got those. Yeah, that's not easy to do on your back. own. Well, I mean, she could have probably taken a hanger or something. Sweet. Um, <laughs> all right, so what's your show? No, but so Secession. Oh, so Secession, it's just, so... It's, I don't even really know it's, what it's, it's real, Well, good. I mean, it's not, you know, it's about a rich family. That's basically all you need to know. Um... And it, it's they're just all dysfunctional, all these people. And there's just so many good moments in it, and it's really funny. And it's like it, it just the humor is very biting. It's just like it's it's some of it's so dry that you don't even realize. You're like, oh, that's that's funny. Um, I can't I can't recommend it enough. And then the the last episode was really really good. And what they do is they bring they only put the actors in. Situations where they're all, all the characters basically are there, so it's every time they meet, it's like at a big event or something, and the whole family's there, and they just all fucking fight about everything. That, everything comes out, but not like funny. Like it's just, it's all, it's just that it's all bullshit. All these rich people. Um, yeah, you're gonna. There, there's so many good quotable lines in the whole thing, you know. Um, and it's hard to get on board and find a character to root for. But you're going to like a lot of different characters. Okay. So, I, w- I can't recommend it enough. What did you, what's your show? Well, uh, I probably wouldn't even have watched this. I didn't even hear about it. It wasn't even like... I felt like there was no promotions about this thing. But I was watching Better Call Saul. It started. Yeah. And there's a show like right after called Lodge 49. Okay. And it's awesome. Oh, yeah? It's... uh. This guy, Wyatt Russell, he's an actor. He's been in a few things. He was in Black Mirror, one of the episodes of Black Mirror. Um, Basically, it's kind of like an inherent vice type story where it's like this surfer guy who's kind of like lost, had a really rough year and has lost like everything pretty much. And he's kind of meandering. And uh, it's got more, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but... It's got more of a structure than that, but he uh, 
fate would have him drops him off in front of this like elk lodge place and he goes into the elk lodge and basically becomes a member and feels like there's something going on here that is the meaning of life basically and uh it's only two episodes in but it's really good it's got a cool vibe to it uh you know it keeps you it's got a lot of mystery um it's funny um I thought, yeah, I think that's such a great show. Um, so that's my show. Okay. It's only two episodes in. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going. Um, and uh, speaking of Better Call Saul, though, the, there's, the second episode was the other night. Yeah. And there's two scenes in that episode where you're like, how does this show not win Emmys? Good, because I haven't, I haven't started it yet. I have them on my DVR. Um, there's two really good moments in the last episode but anyway um, so you have any other notes? Um, I do two totally different random notes first I got uber scammed this week how do you get uber scammed? so Monday night I went out with a friend of mine and uh, I was at his house and I had to call an uber to get home like one in the morning and um i it, they make never showed up so i sent um you know so after like 20 minutes i canceled or like 15 minutes whatever it had been and ordered a new uber and, and went and took it home when i woke up in the morning my charge for the canceled uber was 150 dollars. how did that happen they said that i had damaged the car but I'd never been in the car so it and I so I looked it up and this is like a real scam it's called the vomit scam because they're hoping either A usually they do it to people who take the ride A you don't remember or B you never look on your card or C maybe they're going after people at like who are leaving places at one o'clock in the morning who are like I can't um I you know I don't know what this charge you know I can't let my wife see this or whatever so it was Uber. I might not take an Uber again because they're. What happened when you told when you? Well, so I went through like three different times. I've been there's no phone number to call for Uber. Right. They have no phone number for customer service, so it's all done through you know emailing, and I'm just sending like email after email, and they're like just send me generic responses. Like we'll contact you in 24 hours. No, not even that. It's like well. Uh, accidents happen, but our person has said that you, you know you caused a mess. In right. car. No, I wasn't even in the and car. Like, well, right. So that right, and this is my keep my infuriating argument with these people. And um, then they sent me back pictures of the throw up. So obviously this driver has you know photos installed of you know, and I'm like this is disgusting. I'm opening my email. I'm getting pictures of vomit. <laughs> Like, th- this is sick. Like, what's wrong with you people? And then they... I've told you three times. Yeah. I didn't even get picked up. they sent back the generic thing. And I was like, all right, here's the deal. If you're not going to help me, I'll just deny the charge and cancel my account. And I don't think that flat... I don't think that's what did it. But eventually somebody looked at it and was like, oh, okay, this isn't right. And I just got reimbursed. But it took a lot of tries. So I figured I'd share you, with you the audience. Love, you love that. What? That's like your favorite thing, trying to talk to a human and get things rectified. Oh, yeah. 
But I was just so mad I couldn't. It's the same thing that happened in, so in Japan. I booked this hotel, and we get there, and it just reeks of smoke. And if you're paying like five, four or five hundred a night for this room because it's this really, really nice hotel, and I'm like, "Hey, could you just move this to a non-smoking?" And they're like, oh, "Yeah, it's going to cost you an extra six hundred bucks." And it's like, "What?" And I went and I went through this. They don't offer you the option of smoking or none, which they certainly should. So I had to argue with. It should be non-smoking unless you specify. What what, what world isn't it? Even I know, in, that's know. what I'm saying. So anyway, I actually got that taken care of too. Was, I mean, as I, I said, as I said when you told me the first time about this, like, are there even smoking rooms anymore? I don't know. I'm but pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure like every hotel now is non-smoking. Well, that does. Anyway, we go, we wound up getting that straightened away too, so that's good. Uh, last thing, last note I have is: um, Have you heard about this thing going on at the at the Arizona Cardinals games? Their new, no. their, their latest food item. No. The, let me. See, I have to look this up. Hold on a second while I. Um, it's called the the Gridiron Burger, and it's basically. Like, it's basically like um, a man versus food type of deal. Um, it has, here we go, the Grid Iron Burger has five one-third pound burgers, five all-beef hot dogs, five bratwursts, in addition to the five hot dogs, 20 slices of American cheese, eight slices of bacon, eight chicken tenders, 12 pounds of fries. Who the hell's eating this? Lettuce, again? tomatoes, tank sauce, all this in a 10-inch bun and with ketchup. And if you eat it, you get it for free. But if you don't, it's $75. Who the hell's eating this at a game? Idiots in even, Arizona. Even if you eat it, though, you're at a stadium. Most, most I don't want to be disgusting, but you're probably going to have to uh, right. kick it out. You don't want to ever have to go to the bathroom at a stadium. I'm sorry. Right. Or anything that causes that to possibly happen. You're out. I'm out. It's a $75, seven-pound, partially-fried, meat-filled, cheese-laced sandwich. Thanks, Arizona Cardinals. But you know, but why not have it? Because there's so many assholes who are going to go get drunk at a game and think, I can do it, and, like, waste their entire thing to eat it. I wonder if we compare... I wonder if we compare it to, uh, like, if you would have bought, like, five burgers... And all the bratwurst and shit, because then you can just, like, pick off the meats and then probably save some money. There's never a thing about any part of this situation that's a good idea. No, it's it actually could save you money. No, no, not yours. I'm talking about oh, yeah. as it's constructed. What you're saying makes sense. Um, okay, sounds delicious. What, uh, anything else? That's all I got. All right, well, while you were gone, I wanted to say I saw eighth grade. Okay. And I didn't even think anything of it till I sat down to watch it. And I'm like, is it weird that I'm 43, single, in a theater, watching 8th grade? There were some uncomfortable scenes. Uh, and I even think, like, that for anyone that's not even my age, for a normal age. Um, but I thought it was really good. The soundtrack was a little loud. Um, the score. At times. Um... But that's basically uh, all the problems I really had with it. I thought it. I, I want to know why he picked this story to tell. The stand-up comedian, Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the movie that he decided to write and tell the story of. 
But it is interesting to, like, see how kids use social media now and how it affects their lives or in different ways. But uh, anyway, so breaking news today, ESPN has said they are not going to air the national anthem on Monday Night Football. Oh, good. Good. That's what I think. I'm like, all right, this is where we're going to get it to be a thing. We don't need to see the national anthem and talk about. No, this doesn't need talking to talking right. about it all the time about who kneeled and who did. You, you all, if you're upset about it, you've all ruined it. Everybody, everybody who gets mad about it, yeah. Everybody, like everybody, you. If this was something that was important for you to see, you blew it. Yeah, exactly. And it came out this week that Colin Kaepernick was offered a job with the Denver Broncos and turned it down because he was going to have to be backup. No, it was also like a huge pay cut. He doesn't have any pay right now. I'm just saying. Maybe he goes in there like to try to prove himself to be on a different team. Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not saying he should or shouldn't have. I don't know the situation, but right now he's not making any money. So, but I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't throw out like this guy could have been on this team. No, I'm like, just saying you can't use that as an excuse that no one's going to hire me now because he was offered a job. Everyone's saying, oh, no one wants to hire him. But it was also, well, whatever. I'm not going to. What? I'm not. It was before, um, before everything got. It was after they got uh, Case Keenum. Oh, so it was like within the last year. Yeah, it was like. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was recent. Um, all right, so Forbes today, or not today, but released. The top 10 highest paid actresses of 2018. Okay, cool. The men haven't come out yet. Who do you think is number one? Most, the highest paid? Like, basically, like, combined for the year, which would include, like, endorsements, uh, all their film and TV deals. This, this could have been a whole topic. Like... <laughs> This is great. This is a great question. Um, I'm going to give you a couple. And it has the amounts, too. That I can how, how many Like how many do you have? Like top ten, There's, top five? Well, it's the top ten. Okay, so here's who. Here's the names that pop out at me. And then I'll tell you if they're on the list. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon is number five. It's $16.5 million. Charlize Theron. Not on the list. Whoa. Okay. Natalie Portman. Not on the list. Interesting. Um, is it just American stuff, or is it just like everything? It's everything. Uh, wow, those are the people. I mean, am I missing some serious? Like Julia Roberts isn't on that list anymore. Julia right? Roberts is on it. Okay, thirteen million. Where's she? What number? She's thirteen. Or oh, sorry, she's uh, seven at thirteen million. It doesn't say what Julia Roberts like did to. I know she's now starring in this new show. Um, so I'm guessing that's how much she got paid. But it's, wait, it's just actresses? Just actresses. So, like, not musicians? No, just So, actresses. like, Taylor Swift doesn't count? No. Or Or Ariana Grande or Selena Gomez? Um, I mean, I don't want to waste too much time. So, yeah, you should probably... I, is it obvious? Am I missing some obvious stuff? Number 10. Gal Gadot. At 10 million. You would have thought she would be a little bit higher. No. From Wonder Woman. But what's one movie? Well, it made so much money. I'm sure she had that back end. Yeah. And but, she got $10 million. 
I mean, okay. So you're telling me that Charlize Theron is worth less than ten, made less than ten million this year. According she did to like that. three movies. She's like um, does modeling campaigns. I'm I'm calling BS in this list. This is right. Forbes. Okay, Forbes list. They know she might have a good accountant. All right, Melissa McCarthy at nine. All right, at twelve million. Kate Blanchett, I guess from uh, Ocean's Eight. Twelve and Thor. Twelve point five. Oh, you just said Oceans. I should have thought of that movie. Because now, obviously... Sam... I, want, I still want to see that, even though I know it's going to be terrible. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. You didn't see that on the plane? Um, I would have That would have been a good plane. Yeah, they didn't have it. Uh, I didn't think about it, but I don't remember seeing Julia it. Julia Roberts. Mila Kunis, number six. Ooh, that's a sh- surprise. She's got a couple commercials. She does Jack yeah. Daniels. And she does voiceover. She did that movie with... Spy of Dumbie, which I don't even mm-hmm. just died. She's Bad Mom. She's on Bad Mom. She's yeah. on Family Guy. Reese Witherspoon, number four. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, that's an obvious one. I should have gotten that. Some guy was watching Red Sparrow. It's amazing the things people watch on yeah, the flight. Yeah, that's an awkward thing. It's to not watch some, well, but except that they're cutting out all the stuff in it. Oh, okay. So one, why would you watch? <laughs> exactly. Like, the whole point of the movie is that there's, like, sex spies. Yeah, right. So It's not a really great movie. Most of the cabin, by the way, is watching a Marvel movie at all times. It's it's unbelievable. Number three, Jennifer Aniston. She's got a lot of endorsements. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston made most of her money um, endorsements with Smart Water and Avino. Okay. Um... And she's, I guess she just is doing that movie with Adam Sandler right now. All right. Uh, so they added that. Um, number two, Angelina Jolie. I was going to say her, but Mag- she didn't make anything. She so. made Maleficent 2, which hasn't come out yet. Oh. She made $20 million for that. Oh, wow. So does this mean number and one she is? she directed. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Does uh, that mean number one, Sandra Bullock? Scarlett Johansson. Sandra Bullock's not even in the top. Oh, I should have thought about $40.5 she made off of. Avengers. Just Avengers? It says most of, mostly that was from Avengers. From uh, kickbacks and stuff. Well, we know what it wasn't from. The uh, transgender movie. <laughs> so, those are my uh, notes. Cool. Now, Hard Knocks. Let's do Hard Knocks. So you're caught up. There's only been yeah. two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on... Uh, Hard Knocks. It's, this might be my favorite season of Hard Knocks ever. It, this is a bunch of fucking idiots. This team is a bunch of fucking that idiots. That scene where the coaches like told them like why he wasn't playing people in preseason, and he was like, oh, you got anything else? Like This is the way I'm doing it. Yeah, he said, yeah. I sat in your seat before. You, this, this is a different seat, okay? So we're going to do it my way. That's why they're 0 16. That's why you're 1 in 31 in two years. Because you don't play anybody to give them any reps. So they get it. Wait, are you talking about when he said. Uh, yeah, and then the second mess is when they come in, they go, hey, are we going to. I'd like to make some room for the fourth string guy to get in if that's okay. And he's like, mm, yeah, maybe we'll make some room. It's like, no, 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 no. You need. That shit should have been planned. <laughs> it's not the day before the game. You don't say, yeah, all right, maybe we'll just fit him in. You, like that shit should have been done. I listened to Mike Lombardi on the on the NFL Ringer podcast. And he 
they do like a review of it like on I Wednesday. Have to listen to it. Dude, he fucking kills Hugh Jackson. Like he's just like he's just talking about how the, how bad this team is going to be. It's like the culture. You do watch so him broken. Like in this thing. I'm just like I can't believe this guy is it. I mean, I guess he's like a really good people per- person and he knows his shit and people love him, but dude, there's so many things you're just like he's just walking around like how does this guy have any confidence? It's like, all right, so like here's a couple of moments that they brought up that are really good. When he asked Baker Mayfield what time he's getting in, and Baker Mayfield's like, oh, I mean, today? Yeah, sorry, I was late. And he's like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. Just wondering, you know. Well, they opened up the show with Tyrod Taylor showing up at like 5 in the morning. And then Baker Mayfield, like, shows up yeah. at like whenever. And then, but that was the first day. Yeah, I, I know, but. And then it, he shows up. And then the second is when Tyrod Taylor pulls him aside. He's like, you know, you might want to put a camera over there to watch, to show them in practice later, like, how they're not trying. Even if you only have to turn on every once in a while, it'll make everybody try. It's like, you, you shouldn't be coming up with that. That should be, <laughs> that should be done. So, like, you know, when, when I listen to Lombardi talk about it, he always compares everything to Belichick. And he's like... you. You have to instill fear in these people to get them to do what that you want. You know, everyone there is athletic and talented. In order for them to buy in, you have to instill some sense of fear. There's no fear. It's everyone's like, hey, well, it's a good job. When a guy who hasn't even, wasn't even on your team signed in the offseason shows up and he's in the room yelling at everyone to like to try, that's that's a, that's a bad net. Yeah, I agree. And Jarvis Landry goes in there yeah. and he's just yelling at everybody. He's like, he's like, that's not going to happen here. Like, he was just like, this guy should be coaching. Yeah. Well, and then the second stupid thing is, like, in this last episode when they run the backup receiver throughout the whole game, and they're like, he's good, but you're going to have to take him under your wing. Like, that is... The guy, they punished him for... Yeah, made him play the whole game. And they're like, oh, you have to play the whole game. Um, Okay. And he's out of shape. Like, everybody on this team is out of shape. It's unbelievable. Like, they're not... Yeah. Like, this is... I You know, you watch Hard Knocks every year, and you think... Wow, that team looks way better than I thought. Like we lost, we lost some money on the Bucks last year because we bought into like, which we're not this year. We're betting against the Bucks this year. That team looks terrible. We're betting against a couple teams. And we're, we're, we're going to bet against the Browns too because I don't like anything. And, and the Redskins. Yeah, um, but like this is just doing the opposite. It's like exposing how how bad and how out of shape this team. Like it's not good, and. I will say, like, Baker Mayfield does look good. And I had no I had no faith in that guy. I'm not saying that he is good. I don't know. But there's that one throw he makes this episode, and they're like, everyone's just like, oh, that's an NFL throw. And it was. It was like, yeah. that's the thing that I was like, I would never take Baker Mayfield because he can't throw the short out. Like, that's that was like the thing on him. And that's why they couldn't beat Georgia last year. Uh, to get to the national championship, it's because they couldn't throw to the outside from everything. Well, he he can throw to the outside. I mean, that was really that was good. Uh, but man, yeah, it's I, exposing a lot. I really hope Des Bryant signs with them. Like, can you imagine? And then, like, a worse the situation? general manager like walks around like a bum with his flip flops, and I'm like, dude, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Um. They they have to sign Des Bryant. It's gonna be the best. They are going to. Yeah, it's a what a terrible match that is. Like, I mean, it'll be it possibly 
Just think of a wider scene for with Josh Gordon, Des Bryant, and Jarvis Landry. Hey, at one point, and has potential to be really good. You just better hope they don't legalize weed right, in Ohio. Exactly. Let's just say. Um, did you watch the game last night, the Jets game? Some of it. It's pretty good. They they got some guys there. Bridgewater looked good. Dude, Darnold looked Bridgewater, good. They should trade him. Because right now he's like he looked good the last two games, and I bet you like they can get something for him. Yeah. Because they're not going to start him. Right, and Darnold looks awesome. Um, Actually, he didn't look that great. Oh, I thought he looked good. There's that third down throw, uh, a slant uh, across the middle, and it was like it was, it was. He just he threaded it right in there, right on the like it was. Uh, it was a big time throw. I was like, okay, that this guy. Um, I don't know. Next week we'll go into some. Yeah, we'll get into this more next NFL week. But what did you think of the Monday night team of Witten, the other new guy, and Booger McFarland? I wasn't even listening. Oh. I don't like, I'm just going to say this, and I've said this before, I don't like when they do, hey, it's Monday Night Football, but on Thursday. Oh. Like, why don't they just cha- just say, hey, it's Thursday Night Football? I don't know why that would ever bother anybody either way. It's Monday Night Football on Thursday night. A special presentation of Monday Night Football on Thursday. <laughs> okay. That bothers me. They do that. Right. They do that with um, Saturday. They're like Thursday night football on Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I think it's a really good season because you could just see how poorly run this organization is. I also like the very opening scene when they were taking the LeBron. Poster yeah, down. it was good. I'm with you. And they're like, "What are the, what do we want to put there?" But it's an interesting thought that that's the identity now of, of the Cleveland Browns is that we're we're coming in for LeBron, which isn't a bad place to be. Like, the identity is Cleveland has got nothing now, and they're putting their hopes on their football team that this right. Baker Mayfield's going to do something. Have you heard about the? Uh, and also by have you heard about way, the Tyra, Bud Light? Tyrod stuff. Taylor looks good too. He does. I, I like I like him. I come out of that show liking him. Have you heard about the Bud Light promotion? No. So Bud Light is putting Bud Light fridges, full fridges that contain 200 beers, uh, all o- in bars all over the city in Cleveland, plus 20 or 10. Sorry, it was 10 inside the stadium, and when the and they're locked. When the Browns win a game, they'll electronically open, and you, everyone can have free beer. Oh. It's a Bluetooth thing that sends a signal, and they open, people can drink. Okay. I'm all right with that. All right. So hard knocks. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I'm glad. I was afraid we were going to sit here. I was actually almost hoping we were going to sit here. And you were going to be like, I don't know. I think they look pretty good. No. That, but and I would have been like, I would have enjoyed that back and forth. But yes, good. Uh, at the same time, they don't look good. They look like a disaster. I mean, it's easy to say that they look good by watching. That's like you really in prison. You only see one team play if you watch Hard Knocks. It's true. And the other thing, you know, they always pick like free agents or rookies to focus on, and they're. Focusing on that one guy who's dad, like yeah, who like had, like five hard. Yeah, the guy who's like 
And, and I'm going to tell you, that guy is not good. No. He's not good. Oh, that was another thing they point out, by the way, because that guy's like a backup tight end, right? Yeah. That starting tight end guy drops like 15 passes in a row in practice. And then he, he scored two touchdowns in that game. I know. Yeah, I know. But, and and there, there, you know, the second one was like a nice play by him. He came back for the ball. Like, it was good. But the, Lombardi was pointing out, he's like, can you imagine? He goes, I'll tell you what. If you're in the Patriots organization and Julian Edelman drops one ball, there's no coach that's going to say, hey, go, go catch 30 balls. Like, he's not even on the field. He's already doing it. And then, <laughs> like, the guy, the guy who hosted with him, Tate, he's like, yeah, like, I remember last year when they did the – two years ago they did the Texans – like, J.J. Watt stayed after practice every day and did that, and he's a defensive lineman. <laughs> like, that's the difference between, yeah. you know, and uh, anyway, that that team looks bad. So, all right. Um, good. All so right. So, we're going to talk about Black Klansman. Yes. Um, so, are we, not, are we going into top Spike Lee movies? I was just going to ask start looking that. at it. I, Yeah, start looking that up, because I was just going to... It, was, it wasn't going to be because I, I was just starting to type that in as well. Because um, I'm not a huge. Yeah, I know, but that that's what's interesting. So, like, one of the things I really like about Spike Lee is Spike Lee can do um, so much shit on her. He can do a small movie as well as he can do a big movie. Like, this is a really small movie feel, right? Like, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like shots of crowds, there's not a lot. Like most yeah. of it takes place in intimate rooms. It seems like the camera is angled to yeah. There was no d- style to like, yeah. Visually. It was very voyeuristic. Like you're yeah. just kind of in on these small meetings with people. And it and it, specifically in the beginning, in the first act, when they're shooting the the speech of this guy, you know, that, that introduces us to the whole case. He's um, uh, like um. Um, Malcolm X type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a Black Panther. Yeah. And he's speaking about, and they'd show these close-ups of the faces. I want to say they did that really well. Everything in the first act about showing black, the uh, like the black experience of the 70s and that life, and um, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought they really... Look, I don't know. I, I can't say they really nailed it because I don't, you know. It felt a little TV movie-ish, though. The whole movie or that no, that whole thing? That kind of, like, the setup. I thought that it was a little costumey at times. Like, the costumes were a little overly done. Like, they were just, like, walking through the park wearing, like, leather, like, like full leather outfits. Yeah, I, 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 know what you're, I know what you're saying, but I, I just mean, like, when, when everybody would go out... Like they, they, everybody. The speech is fantastic that the guy yeah, making. It's the guy who played yeah. Dr. Dre in, in um, the NWA movie, and then they everybody goes out and you know yeah that whole scene in the bar where they dance and stuff. And, it, and it's just like that really does give you a snapshot into what whether or not I, I see what you're saying, but it gave you the feel of like all right this is somebody explain you know Spike Lee's explaining this because he was part of that yeah and it, only a person like. Two white guys couldn't sit down and write that. No. You know, you wouldn't... There's just little details, little things. And I thought that was really well done, and I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, 
But what I was saying is, I really the, the one thing I, I like about Spike one not the one one of the things I like about him is he can do a small movie like this that has that small feel, and he can do a movie big like the Inside Man or Malcolm X, which is like giant scenery, and do them both equally well. Um, so let's get into this this movie. Um, so is that your first time watching Denzel's kid in anything? Because you yeah, don't you don't I watch Ballers. I didn't even know that that was his kid until I listened to, which I was going to recommend that it was reckoned to me by my uh, stepmother was uh, the Alec Baldwin podcast. Okay. He had uh, um, Spike Lee on it, and they talk about Denzel and his process with um, Malcolm X, which was a great segment of that podcast. I can't imagine. But then he's like. He's like, oh yeah, that's played by my son, by his son, his oldest son. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know that. Um, so he so is. He was in Ballers. He's like, yeah, he's basically one of the main characters in Ballers. And the thing, I don't. What was your take on his performance in this movie? A little uneven. In, okay. Um, and I how thought, so? How so? I thought um, he was very charismatic. Um, but a lot of the cop stuff, it may be some of the writing and the situations, a lot of the cop stuff, like, bothered me a little bit. All right. That we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of took away from the performance, because I was, like, thinking the whole time, like, did this really happen? And that's all I could think about, was if this was an actual event that happened. And it took away from me, because it was too, like, ridiculous. Well, yeah, all right. Um, you know, there's some issues. But... So, in Ballers, he plays a completely different kind of character, which really made me enjoy his performance in this more than I probably should have. Like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I thought he was good, yeah, but I, was good. I think I thought he was way better because in Ballers, he plays this very, um, I don't know, like, like out, outspoken, like, total spoiled athlete kind of guy with, a, with, some, with conscience. You know, he's like, a, he's like a character you root for in it. But he he plays a spoiled athlete, basically. And so for him to be very, like, this humbled guy with a very, like, with a white sort of, he, he, he does very good at, at make, making his afflection sound white, even when he's not trying to imitate a white person. Yeah. I thought that was really good because he's very much An the opposite. educated person. Sure. That's what he said in the movie. Right. He's like, no, I went to college. Right. And so he's very, yeah, he's a, he's a lot more articulate. And where his character in Ballers is way more like, kind of, like, not gangster, he's not like yeah. a, but he's like free-flowing like that. So I, I thought this was going to be the same character. Um, and then I also want to say that Adam Driver is just awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He is just fucking <laughs> awesome. He's really good. In like everything. Like, what was the fucking Spiel, uh, uh, Scorsese movie? Um, with the monks where they yeah. don't talk? <laughs> Silence. He's great in that movie. And like, not that... Like, What's the name of that movie where they don't talk? Silence. <laughs> yeah, Silence. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's just really... He's just so good. And even like his storyline where he he was Jewish and then they brought up the fact, you know, of like him being like non-practicing and, you know, his, the, his partner... Denzel's kid like commenting on it like why he doesn't care and how it like is basically the same not basically the same but 
has a lot of similarities to the black uh, um, civil rights stuff that and he should be feeling some sort of camaraderie I guess yeah with it um, which I thought was interesting yeah um, so there's a lot of that that I, that I really liked um, where they touched on on a lot of those similarities between then and now and there, there were some things that I kind of wish that they explored a little more of um, in the movie. Like, there are themes that they touch on, like like that, specifically, yeah. that are there, but they don't... They're not main cornerstones of the movie. The cornerstones of the movie become, to me, very formulaic for that time. They become very... Like, what... I, I was really disappointed in the fact that they had, like, comically bad racists. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. The racist, I really... The stereotypical cop that's the racist. Yeah, like everybody... Like that yeah, like it's... Like... He's, your, he's just part of your... Okay, here's one question I had. Like, did you think, like, that that racist cop was going to be a Klansman and, like, like, be kind of, like, ruining their investigation? Because at some point, if you're doing this and you know that you have racist cops on your squad like wouldn't you have a conversation with the entire police force and say hey you know we're having this investigation and like no one needs to talk about what the hell's going on here because they were just like doing it everyone knew they were doing it but they also had racist cops and you're like well what are these guys gonna like turn these guys in right like i don't know well, they did, you know, at the end, we're going to, this is going to be, I mean, I don't think there's really spoilers, like. No. Um, but yeah, they kind of like, in the end, they have that bad scene where they like get, yeah, get the was, bad cop. Terrible. And it was like. Did you get it? Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And everybody's in it and they're all like high-fiving. You're fired! We got the racist guy! <laughs> you know, and it's like, come on. <laughs> That was really bad. It was pretty stupid. The third act, let's just be honest. The third act... It would have been more interesting. I know this is a true story, and I do that quotes, mm -hmm. air quotes, because a lot of the things really were kind of a mess. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Well, all right. I was just going to say the third act compl it, completely falls apart of this movie. And I know it's good. Like, it's, it's fine. It's good. I don't know how this wins... I don't know if that if they're like win wait one Sundance. I don't think or? this is gonna be nominated for anything. No, no. But what did it win? Did it win Sundance or can? Did oh, it win the know. audience award? But it's like it's it's to me it's as a again as a message I'm, I'm fully in. Like I like the story. It the ends up being good. like some weird caper. Yeah, it totally turns in. But it, it turns into like I said, like we've seen this before, and it's it, like I will say. It was interesting to watch it because I was very uncomfortable the whole time. Like, I was sitting forward. I kept catching myself sitting forward because I just felt uncomfortable because obviously all this race stuff is very much in the foreground of our lives right now. Yeah. And I can remember, like, as a kid watching movies like that with similar themes and never feeling that. Now, partly because I'm a kid and I don't know any better. And secondly, because it also wasn't, you know... Those race problems weren't openly discussed. You just thought, oh, I'm a good guy. Those are all the bad guys yeah. we're watching. You know, now you're sitting and watching and you're like, like looking around the theater, although this theater wasn't an interesting audience. 
Very interesting audience. A lot of really old white people. It was yeah. really weird. One lady got up and left. Oh, did she? Yeah, I don't think she came back. Oh, okay. Well, but like, um, it's just, it, you know, it, it was like a little more uncomfortable. And like I said, like Mississippi Burning, even they, like, they had their comically bad racist, but they were, that was like the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, this, you know, but we didn't get to know those characters as well. You know, it just, I don't, I don't, it, I don't want to say it's lazy, but there's a better way to do that. And especially with the very, very ending, because if you don't know, uh, this movie leads from its story into our current political climate. And, and that was really powerful, right? Yeah, that was very good. I was almost emotional during that because you're like, wow. Although they did have that one scene that was just kind of like, oh, come on, where the uh, guy was like, dude, David Duke is not going to become president. And that his, his uh, boss was like, you don't think like a racist white person in America could get nominated for president? He's like, you need to wake yourself up. And then they, they just stood there, like, looking at each other for a minute. So what's your problem with that? No, that was blatant, like... Yeah, well, of course it's blatant, but but that what's wrong with that? I don't like, know, I just thought it was... I actually kind of like that. That's one of the things I like the most about it, that it's like, this is this is very much, like... I'm lead... just saying it was a little over the top. Yeah, okay, there's a few times... And they do that a lot with the, with the uh, um, America First kind of thing. Like that's pretty funny though, because it's pretty. Yeah. It's it, but that ending was really powerful. So like they go into this ending where they show real like footage. actual yeah real footage of Charlottesville of uh, all these things that have been happening lately, and then Trump condemning both sides, you know, like doing his whole and you know look we're in Los Angeles the crowd in our theater really like that it's the kind of place where that's going to play well yeah. Um, I don't think the kind of people that that... And then just to show that the person that died at all this was a white person yeah. at the end. But I don't think the impact of that is going to be... No, no one who that would have any impact on is going to go see this movie. So that kind of stinks because it... Right. I did, but I, I... If this movie had just taken its bad guys a little more serious and didn't make them this, the typical... Character. Yeah. Then that would have been earned a lot more. Like that would have been even more powerful, you know. And I'm not saying that they weren't those people. Who knows, you know? But like, I mean, it was basically they took the whole scene from Crash and put it in the movie. Okay. It was like the same exact scene where the racist guy like is like feeling the, you know, the person up. It's always and checking her. It's interesting. I have a guy I'm friends with on Facebook. I'm not going to say his name because I'm not really friends with him. I don't really know him that well. Um, but he's a super Trump supporter guy. And most of us who don't like Trump really tend to um, just um, like either delete those people as your friends or mute them. I like really like to hear the other side of things, especially from like very intelligent people. And this guy's very intelligent. And he had written... Not the guys from, uh, Whose who's America Is This? What's the, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's show? Yeah, what about it? No, you don't want to see those guys, like, talk about it that are not intelligent. Well, yeah. Um, but he, he wrote a whole review about this, because I guess he's, uh, he was talking about how much he loved Spike Lee his whole life, and da-da-da-da. And it's interesting, because this is the reason I stay friends with somebody like this, where he is breaking down... How this is blatant anti-Trump 
anti like white and all like you know I mean I, I his review is very long so I won't like get into it here um and, and he's like how dare you compare David Duke to Trump and you know blah, blah, blah. and that's the kind of person that's the only kind of person with those kinds of feelings that's going to go see this movie and they couldn't even take away a little piece of that so it's you know I so then it almost becomes porn for the left where people are sitting there like oh yeah, yeah. bad Trump bad Trump you know and that almost seems a little cheap at that point I know that's not the intention because like, the intention is to show like hey this is all still yeah. very relevant um, I, I did think that scene where they were watching Birth of a Nation was pretty powerful they kept cutting back and forth to was it Harry Belafonte? Somebody, uh... Yes, it was Harry Belafonte. Was talking about how, like, they showed that at the White House, that movie. Right. And uh, just how it, like... And then they're watching it. Now, that's kind of cool, but the thing... All right, maybe because we were, like, film majors and we had to watch Birth of a Nation. Yeah. But we're very aware of Birth of a Nation. So, yeah. to me, it was like, okay, that's a little obvious. Yeah. But that also... It's not going to be obvious to, like, a lot of... Especially younger audiences watching it. Um... The second thing I didn't like about that scene was it very much painted a victim mentality for the black side of thing, for the Harry Belafonte and, and his group that he's speaking to. They're just talking about, hey, all these really bad things happened to us. And then they're showing all these, like yeah. this movie where the KKK are the heroes of the movie. Yeah. And yeah, I see your point. I, I would have liked it to contrast with this is our power and this is our power versus this is our power and this is why we're down. Um, and also, I think if they would have taken, I know it added the suspense of the bombing to that scene. Like, if they took that out, you would have been able to focus more on the message that was going back and forth where the whole time I was thinking, all right, when's it going to blow up? Yeah. When's this place going to blow up? Right. You know, like... So my thoughts were, like, in a different place. So you take a movie like Do the Right Thing, right? That builds that same tension. You know, like, the scene, like, right at the end when yeah. everything gets lit on fire. And you think about how well... Like, that's about as good as you can build tension in a movie. You know what I mean? Like, how well done that is. That's, yeah. like, genius level, you know, of the building to that point. And this is nowhere near... That kind of mastery. You're yeah. absolutely right. Like this, you're like, oh, okay, this happens. Yeah. Um, it's still a decent movie. You know, it's not my favorite. I, I want to go over. I mean, I don't Speaking know what else to say. Do the right thing on that podcast that you listen to with uh, Alec Baldwin. He talks about how he offered Robert De Niro Danny Aiello's part. Yeah, I've heard that before. And that he was glad that he didn't. He turned it down. Because, uh, well, Danny Allen ended up winning or being nominated for an Oscar, but he said it was an ensemble piece and that if Robert De Niro was in it, it's it, Robert would, just, De Niro movie. it would have just been his movie. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's a good call. Wow. Um, going down the list of what's real and not real, which is according to the One White well, website that I looked at, uh, yes, Ron Stallworth was the first black cop in Colorado. Um, Which was another real... That whole scene at the end where the cops don't know who he is. Like, how big is this police force? I wanted to talk about that. Like, how Colorado Springs... He's the only black cop that's ever been on the force. Everyone knows who the guy's going to be. Yeah. Like, 
They meet him. They know his face. Yeah. And no, then they just start I, kicking the shit out. I totally agree. Um, he really did infiltrate the KKK. Um, it lasted nine months. Um, he really did use his real name. Um, he did tell them the story about his sister dating a black guy to join um, the woman in the movie, who, by the way, they have no chemistry. No. They have none. There's nothing even, believable about like, their relationship. I didn't like her look at all. Oh, I liked her look. I didn't think... So. I don't know. I you know who she was? No. She's the um, the girl in Spider-Man. The daughter in Spider-Man. Zendaya? No, Zendaya was his friend in Spider-Man. Oh, the daughter, yeah. The daughter that yeah. he was dating. Um, so, I she's not a real character in real life. Okay. So... Uh, that was kind of an, that you could, that just didn't work as well. Um, Am well, driver is a real gun. I thought that they should have focused, had some more infiltration of the Black Panther. If you're going to set that up where he's undercover too, he's like working that side and this side. There was really no. Yeah, you missed a chance there. You're you right. missed a chance to like actually have to give more stuff to like give that. him that moral um, that moral problem of like I'm. I'm spying on my own people and something I believe. Yeah. You know, they just touch them. They don't. It's another one of those. You're right. It's another one of those themes they, they didn't needed get one into. scene. They could have just added one scene. Um, in real life, his partner Flip Zimmerman was not Jewish. It wasn't Flip Zimmerman. A different name. Sorry to break that. Um, he did not become the leader of a local chapter of the KKK. Ron Starr did talk to David Duke a bunch. Um. Which this plan had some flaws. Yeah, well, he never met him. Um, uh, wait, he but that that scene where he was forced to be his um, to be his uh, bodyguard is true. Hmm. It wasn't during the bust, but he was, and he took that picture with him, and like the same thing happened, supposedly according to. Why him. would they do that, especially when he's in the investigation, and you know. Yeah, and they made a point in the movie to go. You know, if you put him next to David Duke, once he starts talking, he's gonna know who he's talking to on the phone. If he's been talking to him that much, there's a lot of flaws in their plan. So yeah, uh, yeah. So that third act, when we're talking about when it falls apart, yeah, it really does in that sense that a lot of shit doesn't work. That they're like, you're right. There's so many, like the for him. To apply for a membership card to the KKK and list his original address is the dumbest idea ever. Yeah. Um, Well, according to this, though, he didn't think that this was ever going to be a case. He was just doing it. Okay. And then it kind of... And then when it started working, they, they let him go with it. And I hate in movies where people, like, the FBI comes and they go... This conversation never happened. Like, that's one of my least favorite lines in any, like, cop movie. We did not have this conversation. Yeah. Um, um, but I want to say, like, for all the things we're picking apart about it, overall, I still kind of liked it. Yeah, it was entertaining. It was, it was uh, a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it had some good, really good moments. It had some things it wanted to say, which some, some of it succeeded at. But for it to be considered like this, you know, masterpiece, I just disagree. No, it's definitely 
Um, Far from bastards. What? What? So in the in the world of Spike Lee movies, where does this? I am like not the best person to be asking this, but the movies that I did like of his, obviously, do the right thing. Right. I like Mo Better Blues. Okay. And uh, Inside Man was okay. Oh, I liked Inside Man. What about Malcolm X? They brought the Nazis into that one. Malcolm X was great. Uh, what about He Got Game? He Got Game was... You loved the soundtrack I do He Got like, Game. I do like the soundtrack. <laughs> I have the soundtrack. I like it. Um, but I, I was a fully... All right, so early on, I was full in on Spike Lee through most... Like, I mean, I, I, I like you love... Uh, what's that? 25th Hour. Well, I was going to get up to that point. Uh, like, I like Mo Better Blues. I like Jungle Fever. I like um, Crooklyn... Oh, no, no. I didn't like Crooklyn. Um, I liked uh, Girl 6. Um, you know, I liked I liked everything. And then he, I liked He Got Game. I loved Summer of Sam. I hated Summer of Sam. Um, and then, yeah, then it started getting... Then he did Bamboozled. Lost Me. I did not like that. No, I didn't like that. Um, and then 20th Hour, I loved. But you don't love it? I don't like it. Uh, then She Hate Me, I didn't care about. I don't think I saw um, Inside Man I really liked and then he did Inside Man was clever I wouldn't say that I liked it oh wow okay uh, I liked it um, and then he did some stuff that I just didn't care about like oh, I'm, Old Boy well then he, I was going to say then he did Old Boy and I thought I was never going to watch another movie he did again because <laughs> that was so bad and, and Old Boy is like a top 10 movie ever like if anyone ever asks you for like a movie that you would recommend, you probably wouldn't say Back to the Future or I, you no, know or whatever. Seen it. Right, you wouldn't say your favorite. He was like, "You want to see something? Don't fucking knock your socks off. Go see Old Boy." And nine, nine out of ten times, people are like that movie's awesome. Yeah. Then he makes it, and he like makes this terrible version of it. Um. So, I don't know. I didn't see Chirac. Oh yeah, I didn't see that either. But uh, you know, this is this is fine. We miss she's got to have it. That's obviously an awesome movie. Uh, and yeah. school days, school yeah. days was great. She's got to have it. Was good. All those older ones. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm sure that everybody, like for the next couple weeks, who talks about this movie is going to say it's the greatest movie and. Got a lot of those themes, but if you're really going to break it down, there's some there's some holes in this movie, right? Yeah, and there's I'm like, sure there's a lot of. I want to like as I said when I walked out of that theater, I was like, there's so many so much dumb police stuff in it that I want to know if that was really what's real and what's not before I can comment on it, right? Because it's just like like the scene where the guy I told you about this where the KK they've been surveillancing these guys for what seems like weeks and months. And all of a sudden, like, this redneck guy or the KKK guy was like, I'm just going to look this guy up on, in the white pages and go to his house to see if he's telling me the truth. He shows up there, and it's the other guy's house, the black guy's house. And he's like, oh, sorry, wrong. I have the wrong place. And then he, like, shuts the door. And then nothing comes out of that. Like, this guy has been taking pictures of all these people for... And, like, looking at him on a board, he would know that this guy, who the guy was, and go, fuck, we're screwed now. Yeah. 
you know, this changes a lot of stuff. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, but they didn't even bring it up. It was just like, all right. Yeah, they missed they missed a point a point there too. Um, it was mostly for that guy to go, oh, what a coincidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird to be two white guys yeah. kind of breaking this movie down. I don't think that that's fair to put on yourself because we're just breaking down as a movie. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's probably things, like, in it that weren't meant for us to get. You know, like... Yeah. Um, but bad cop chicanery and bad <laughs> white guys, we know. So And capers. Yeah, we know that kind of stuff. And if it's not working at 100%, we can go on criticizing that. So... Um, you know, considering the people that listen to our podcast are probably an audience of zero that will ever see this. <laughs> That's why I didn't mind kind of not even yeah. worrying about spoiling anything. All right. Cool. Good to have you back, Bill. Well, is this, uh, we have one more together and then you're out of town? One more together. All right. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. And we'll be doing, what, football and... Football and the VMAs. The VMAs. Okay. Looking forward to it, buddy. That's like kind of our bread and butter right there. (laughs) All right. Later.